Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Hyam. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, Google Play, or SoundCloud to get it automatically. If you like the Stitcher app, you can find it there as well. It'd be really cool if you rate five stars and leave a review on whatever platform you choose. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. Follow along on Twitter at myfirstsketch. Head to myfirstsketch.com where I'll post any of the videos we talk about on today's episode. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, feel free to email me at josh at myfirstsketch.com and I'll get back to you when I can. Have you heard that Philly Sketchfest is returning May 29th through June 2nd? The Sketch Comedy Film Festival returns on Wednesday, May 29th, and you can submit your short film or video sketch at myfirstsketch.com film. And then four nights of live comedy in three venues. And can I drop a little hint? For the first time ever, we will be running multiple stages on the same night. More comedy than ever before. Submit your live act at myfirstsketch.com slash apply. And finally, if you want to help out, whether it's before the festival, in the box office, or in the green room, let us know at myfirstsketch.com slash volunteer. More and more information will roll out as we get closer to the shows. Today's guest is Morris Kraser, currently a member of the Baltimore, Maryland-based Richard Dreyfus. His first sketch is called Mistakies. Morris reads as Scotty and Bobby, the employees of the fast food restaurant, and he does the stage directions. And I read the boss, Mr. Francis, and a number of the customers. So let's go to the sketch. Mistakies is a fast food place. Scotty is stage left facing stage right, some chairs around stage right. Okay, Scotty, on your first day, you'll be working the cash register. Things can get pretty hectic here at Mistakies, so you let me know if you have any questions. Got it? Sure thing, Mr. Francis. Sounds good. I'll be in the back if you need me. Mr. Francis walks off stage left. Customer one walks in from stage right up to Scotty. Welcome to Mistakies. Fuck me. Would you like to make a mistake today? Hey, yeah. I'd like one large mistake with a side of, why am I doing this? And that's it, I think. Scotty entering in order into some computer thing. Okay, so that's one large mistake with a side of, I'm going to regret this in an hour. No, no. A side of, why am I doing this? Oh, oh my bad. Okay. A side of, why am I doing this? Got it. Would you like any shame sauce on your mistake? Is that extra? It's free, but it'll make you sad. Mm. Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So that'll be 862. Customer 1 hands Scotty their ID. (laughs) This is your ID. Customer 1 is slightly shocked that they would have made this very silly mistake, but it's not that crazy. Oh, sorry about that. Here you go. Customer 1 hands credit card to Scotty. Scotty swipes it, hands it back. Um, okay, your order will never be ready. I mean, it will be ready in a minute. Sorry, I'm just having one of those days, I guess. Hmm, okay, Scotty doesn't really know where that came from. A little weird. Something strange might be going on. Customer 1 is a little weirded out. Yeah, no worries. Customer goes and sits down. Mr. Francis comes in from stage left up to Scotty. Hey, Scotty, I forgot to mention one thing. When you pick up the kids from football... 
Could you bring home Head and Shoulders Combined Shampoo and Conditioner? Wait a minute. You're not my wife. Sorry about that, Scotty. Mr. Francis walks off stage left. Customer 2 walks in. Uh, hi, welcome to Mistakies. Fuck me. Would you like to make a mistake today? Hey, can I get uh, the why even try combo? No shame sauce. During this time, Bobby brings out the order to customer one. Okay, so that's a why even try with no shame sauce. As Scotty is saying this, Bobby spills the whole order onto customer one. What the hell? Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, man. It was a mistake. I'll run back and get some towels. Bobby runs to behind Scotty. At the same time, Mr. Francis runs out out to customer one. Things should really pick up pace here. I'm really sorry about that, sir. We'll get you cleaned up and your meal is on the house today. Bobby says the following in really stupid voice. Oh, no, my knife. A plastic knife is thrown up into the air towards Mr. Francis. Mr. Francis turns around. What? Uh, Mr. Francis, he gets stabbed in the knife and dies. Everyone freaks out. Oh, my God. Uh, is anyone here a doctor? I'm a doctor. That's where two walks over to Mr. Francis, stops midway. Wait a minute. I'm a doctor of philosophy. Oops. That's where two walks out. What the hell is going on here? Bobby comes running out. Has anyone seen my knife? Yeah, you just killed Mr. Francis with it. Hey, are you are you sure this is coke you spilled on me? Because it smells like lighter fluid. Yeah, I got a light. Bobby lights customer one on fire. Bobby! Ah, ah, I'm on fire! I'm on fire! Customer one runs off stage screaming. Uh, tries to put out fire with a fire blanket. Bobby, what the fuck? Why was he covered in lighter fluid? I don't know, man. I used the soda fountain like I always do, and I swear he asked for a light. Bobby, I get the feeling something very wrong. There's something very wrong about this place. We need to be careful. I think you're right, Scotty. We should probably... Oh, hey, my knife. Bobby picks up knife from Mr. Francis' body. Scotty says, no! Uh, Bobby is picking up the knife. He starts fumbling with it. Whoa! Bobby accidentally stabs himself and dies. Scotty goes to Bobby's body crying. Bobby! Bobby, why? Damn you, mistakes. Damn you to hell. Sob, sob, sob. Blackout. Hey, Morris. Hi, Josh. So tell me about this idea. Tell me where this idea came from. Sure. So uh, I remember... Uh, the idea came to me when I was going in. in uh, I live right next to our house in Baltimore. Um, it's this like eatery place, and they have one restaurant that's called Bird B R D Bird, uh, which I think is a very appropriate name because that's like that's how you feel after you eat one of these. It's a fried chicken sandwich. Okay. Uh, it's really good, but. Um, you regret it after. So, <laughs> so I was thinking like, okay, people do this all the time. They get fast food, but while they're getting it, they're like, this is not a good idea, but I want mm. to eat this. Um, so I had that idea kind of in my head. Um, and then, and, and then I was, and then I started to write a sketch about it, but I was having trouble getting past just the idea Okay, so this is a fast food place where 
you know, everything on the menu is like, fuck me, this is a mistake, uh, that kind of stuff. I was, uh, I was bouncing ideas off of my friend Brandon, and, uh, we were, and he was like, oh, it'd be funny if just things kind of, like, everyone just started making mistakes, and it kind of devolved to this uh, weird universe where everyone was just uh, under this power of this, uh, uh, this restaurant or something like that. Um, and and all the orders that like they they are code names for actual like meals, not just like like you're you're not buying like just existential dread. Like, no, yeah, place. yeah. The idea would be it'd be like a cheeseburger or whatever. Uh, horrible names for those combos. Yeah, yeah. Some shame sauce and whatever. At first, <laughs> like the sketch starts, and you're like, okay, this is what this sketch is about. But then there's like a turn, and other stuff starts happening. Yeah. Takes that weird, weirdly physical knife, knives and murder and death and yeah, it's it's sort of like slapsticky. I think at yep. the, towards the end. Uh, when did you write this sketch? Um, uh, not that long ago, because I only recently started uh, started up with me and my homies. We started uh, the Richard Dreyfus group. They've been writing sketches for a few years this i wrote uh before i left for the summer so in like june or may or something like that uh i've written a few since then um and i uh there's like a few things i would maybe change but Mm -hmm. um what like so this so i'm getting the impression that you're relatively new to sketch comedy in general like yes how did you come to Richard Dreyfus? like what how did that how did you get into that group or yeah uh hooked up with them all so these uh so we all went to the same school we all went to Hopkins um and the all of the people in the group for the most part are younger than me um I was a little older but I did I was in the improv group on campus uh, and I also did like theater and acting and stuff. So I did improv and acting. I never really wrote. There was a sketch comedy group, and we were all friends, but we didn't, you know, work together. And then it wasn't until uh, uh, several months ago that me, um, one of our members, Kenny, uh, Debray Kenny, which I think you interviewed, um, and then Brandon, we were at a bar i think and uh kenny was jokingly saying like oh, yeah i want to start a sketch group maybe just call it richard dreyfus or something like that and we were joking around about it um and then we had a meeting and then we had more meetings and then we wrote stuff uh and then we started getting gigs and, and then the rest is history i guess yeah i think i think when i talked to kenny it was like he was saying that it started off as a joke and then somehow y'all booked a, a show yeah. and they got very real very quickly. Like, yeah, we started getting a lot of shows, um, in Baltimore. <laughs> uh, uh, so let's go back to the beginning. What were you into growing up? What made you laugh as a kid? Um, growing up, what made me laugh as a kid? Um, not a ton. I was a very quiet kid. Um, growing up uh i did i watched i remember i almost 
weekly watch like Comedy Central Friday night stand up. Like they would have uh, these stand up specials, uh, and I would I would always like uh, to watch those. And I can't remember any particular ones, um, but I did enjoy watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so none of them actually like really stuck out to you, like. Um, I mean, it was all so long ago, and I've seen mm. so many stand-up specials. I'm sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember John Mulaney being really good, um, but he's, you know, I mean, he's very famous now, yeah. um, so that makes sense why he's still in my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, I just, I watched that stuff a lot, and for the most part, I was very quiet. I did not... I was not a very um, out there kind of kid for a while. Were you always into the theatrical, like in high school and stuff? It wasn't until my junior year of high school, actually, that I started doing any kind of theater. Um, and it started because I had a couple of friends that were that did theater. And sometimes they would like edge me on, just like, come on, like, come uh, do a uh, audition for something or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And then I remember I was on this like summer program, um, one of those teen tour thingies. Um, it was a really nice program. And one of the counselors, just after the whole program was over, out of nowhere, he was like, you should do theater. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, that's interesting. Uh, and I, this is like a real adult person, not just like one of my friends that does theater. So I took it a little more seriously. Yeah. It has to be different for like, you know, someone ordered you to encourage you to do something rather than your friend being like, Hey, let's just go hang out and do this together. Like, right. This is like, he didn't have to say that. There's nothing motivating him to say that besides him actually thinking that I should do it. Um, so then I started and then my first, my first role on stage was, uh, Toto from the Wizard of Oz. Um, uh, but he had, it was like, they wrote in a speaking part for Toto. Um, and I was kind of this, I didn't speak until I went into Oz, you know, mm -hmm. uh, naturally. Um, but when I did, I was kind of just like this, uh, sarcastic, puppy uh guy um it was it was kind of fun i think it was good for my first role uh because i got to hide in like a dog outfit for the most part <laughs> and also behind my sarcasm mm. um so that was, that was the first how, role how did you get to improv like when you were in college uh i don't I remember looking into like the groups, the college groups, um, and I think I, at like when I was done with high school, like I'm, I didn't really know what improv was. Uh, I've heard of it. I knew I wanted to do something theater-like, uh, but I was scared to committing to like a real like play because that takes a lot of work and stress and stuff like that. Um, so I was like, oh, this is, yeah, you, sorry, what? And when you get to college, like it's like the seriousness of like actors ramps up. Oh yeah. Like there's a, a, there is a massive difference between like a high school play and 
a college play, I feel. Definitely. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, was higher caliber, more people, uh, possibly more stress. So I was, I was afraid of that. Uh, it seemed scary. It seemed scary to me. Um, so I heard that I knew of this, they had an improv group called the Buttered Niblets. Um, and I loved the name, fell in love with the name right when I heard it. Um, and I was like, I'll see what that's about. Um, so I, the, I went to the auditions. It was all like this, this one day thing where there's like a three hour audition, then a two hour callback. And then like that at midnight, they come to your door and like tell you, you got in. Um, so that was very exciting. Um, almost like a rush of a fraternity kind kind of i guess like or at least what i like i've seen on tv of rushes of fraternities like um i don't know that much about rushes for fraternities me neither i'm just thinking back to like animal house and like you know those stereotypical college frat movies right right i don't think it was like that no, it's not like it wasn't like kidnapped or anything. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was like they knocked on my door and asked me to join them uh, uh, that night. Um, and it was really nice. We all sit in a gazebo and talk about the buttered niblets, where it all came from, uh, and uh, and that was really cool. And then so I was in I was in my improv thing and. That satisfied me for a while, but then eventually I I did more theater because couldn't help myself. What was um so doing imp- like how what's the imp- like the audition process for a college improv, especially for someone that's never done it before? Yeah, so it's they do basically improv games for like three hours. So usually how it goes is starts out everyone the auditions can be anywhere between like 10 and 30 people uh and it's everyone at the same time uh so usually we do a big warm up with everyone we all like say our name do some sort of funny thing uh maybe do zip zap zop uh it's like a, a little improv game and then we'll split off into usually three separate groups um, and each of us will monitor uh, each group. And in those groups, we'll do um, a little more improv things. Like sometimes we'll do freeze tag um, or we'll, a- we'll ask them to do like actual scenes. And the idea is we just observe the people, just see how they're acting, see how they're uh uh, you know, uh, taking everything in and, you know, doing all the good improv things that they, they should be doing, but also taking into account their experience. Some people, I remember one year there was this one girl, she was actually, she was like decent at, uh, in auditions. Uh, but she was like doing improv for years, uh, and compared to other people that we were auditioning, they were like really good for like having no experience. And mm-hmm. she, had a lot of experience so we're like uh, i don't know if so, so that's that's also taken into an account and then we have callbacks which is like 10 people uh we ask them to do more stuff and then we all deliberate as a team uh and then make a decision 
And, and you were part of Buttered Niblets the entire time you were at school? Yeah, yeah. Was there a, like a, a bit of a culture shock between, you know, doing the high school theatrics and even like college theatrics versus the improv? Like, was there like that flexing of a different muscle? Um, there, uh, I would definitely flexing of a different muscle. There's that. A culture shock, not so much because Hopkins is a pretty small school. Um, so basically everyone that did theater... Uh, improv, sketch, any of that stuff. It was all kind of one big friend group. Um, so so that was nice. So you kind of knew everyone in the Hopkins theater community. Um, mm. And it was, they were like my theater friends. It wasn't, it wasn't that much different. Um, the muscle part, definitely. I remember you really have to shift from... Uh, I think everyone, when they start doing improv, they're always kind of thinking of what they should do next, uh, which is a big mistake. You should never be thinking of what to do next. Uh, maybe you have an idea, one small idea, and you can go for that. But other than that, the best thing you can do is try to like clear your head as much as possible and not try to anticipate anything, uh, which took a little while for me to like click into that that gear but once you do it's much better it's there's still a lot more to do but that that click is uh is very helpful i think uh in performing in, co- in college what were some of the roles that you did uh like were there any like bigger like of the more well-known plays or Sure, yeah. Um, there was one year we did Sweeney Todd, the musical, um, and I was Toby. Um, I don't know if you know who Toby was. He's the... He loved... Um, he's like the... The girls, like... He's the kid. Like like the love interest? Like no, the kid. no, he's not. He's not... No, no, that's... No, it's a different person. Toby is like this dopey kid who loves gin. Uh, and, um, what is, uh, Neil Patrick Harris actually plays him, uh, in, in some production somewhere. Okay. It's a major role. Trust me. I, like, I'm like, cause there, okay. So there's, Toby. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going back to the, um, to the movie. Cause that's, I've only, oh, okay. I've only ever seen the movie. I've never seen it live. Do you remember Pirelli's Miracle Elixir? Yeah. So the kid that's selling the elixir. Okay. 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 That. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one. I'm thinking of the one that like, uh, the the girl runs off and happens to be, uh, the like the one that once runs off instead of going to the judge. Right. That little like side story, the like, side love story kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I I I remember. I don't remember the actual character, but I remember the person that played him because. I, I'm pretty sure the casting people were deciding which one of us was going to be Toby, and I got to be Toby, and he got to be the the love interest. He had a better voice, but I think uh, I played Toby a little better. Not to both. Oh, and then so that was that was like my one, not my one of the main plays that I did. Um, other than that, I did a lot of witness theater, 
Witness Theater was totally student-written plays, student-run. Uh, we had one staff, uh, a faculty member, helping us with like the set and building the set. Otherwise, it was all student-run. And so I did a lot of that, which, but a lot of it was uh, just, you know, just roles that people wrote of. So you wouldn't have heard of them. One notable role was, though, um, I was like this killer clown, kind of like it. I was this clown under this kid's bed, um, and it was this whole kind of surreal play of him, me making the kid apologize to his parents, his parents being beheaded and, like, on plates, and they're talking to the kid, and I'm like, you know, kid, you've been kind of shitty to your parents, so I wanted you to (laughs) apologize to them. Uh, that was fun. That was a role. <laughs> and there's more roles. But. Um, so what draws you to comedy then? It's mm, a good question. Um, there's something, something very, very, uh, I'll say profound about kind of the idea of like, what, what is funny? Um, what makes people laugh? Um, it's kind of this philosophical, but also somewhat scientific question. Like there, like especially if you do, if you really, I haven't studied that much of like writing comedy, but at least improv comedy, there's a lot of science sort of to it. There's a method, uh, and there's there are ways to get better. Um, and I'm like I studied engineering uh, in college, so I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, but I also, as you know, did theater, um, so I kind of also like that uh, uh, more human, 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 human aspect uh, of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, just feels good to laugh. Um, it's fun. It's fun to do it. Um, and I, I just like, and I, I'm not, I'm not too bad at it. I don't think. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, you mentioned studying engineering, and like, yeah, when I went to in high school, they were really pushing that people. There was a big, like, I don't know if it was like a, it was something that they were really advertising for schools that, like, if you wanted to get into law start in engineering because engineering teaches you how to solve problems. Oh, really? They told you that? Yeah. So yeah, it was something like that where like, or law schools were really like looking at engineers like ahead of like pre-law people. Cause like, like the, there was this, this, um, it was like uh concept that pre-law doesn't matter to law school. Like, they're looking at like, you know, because engineers can look at a problem, approach it, and they're gonna solve they're the ones that are gonna solve it. Yeah. I mean I could definitely I could definitely see that. Uh do you use your engineering brain when it comes to comedy then? Uh probably, you know. Uh I my brain has been molded by uh studying engineering, definitely. Uh and you know i can't say for sure what exactly is going on up there but 
<laughs> I think it definitely helps, especially with the improv stuff, because uh, it depends, I guess, who you're learning it from. But some improv teachers really love to dissect a scene and say what went wrong, what went right, what could have happened, and where you missed something. Um, and really break it down to its elements and kind of study it. And that's a lot of, uh, like, I did, like, electrical and computer science. Um, and I've even at, like, people not in the context of comedy, they'll tell you for computer science or other engineering, kind of one of the core things things that you learn how to do is to break a big problem down into smaller sub-problems uh, until you're able to solve those sub-problems and then you just uh, build from there. Um, there's no class that actually says, okay, this is what we're going to do, but every, pretty much almost everything you do in engineering kind of has that uh, flow. Um, so yeah, I'd say definitely it's helpful for comedy, probably a lot of other things in life go go get an engineering degree it'll it'll help out <laughs> um so with richard dreyfus uh what is hmm how do i want to say this uh what's the experience been like as because you just mentioned you you never really wrote before this group came together like at least sketch comedy wise like so what has been the the ticket for you to be to start writing and creating your own material? Um yeah, it's been it's like a it's a it's a shift in in kind of how to put together a show. Um I think I I I would I remember at, at the very beginning I was just really I didn't know what to write about or what to write, and so I was kind of asking my my fellow Richard Dreyfus uh, buddies, like, "What do you do? How do you write something?" Um, and one of them said, "Brandon," I uh, said, "Usually he just starts with an idea, some something that's like, oh, that's funny," and then it's like, "Okay, well, let's see." how we can expand on that. Let's explore that idea. Um, so, I mean, I, I have funny thoughts. I think lots of people have funny thoughts, probably. Um, so for me, it's just been a matter of writing them down uh, and then try to write around those thoughts, kind of fill in a sketch a little bit. And I'll rarely write like a full sketch uh, the first time I sit down, I usually write a little bit, then get like sad because I don't like what I'm writing and then go away and then come back and it's like, oh, wait, maybe I could do this. Um, it's a lot of a lot of going away and coming back, I think. Good. So you and I are the same kind of writer then because oh. <laughs> like, I, I totally do that too. <laughs> like, I. I always ask people like, and I'll ask you later about like a piece of advice. And like more often than that, in the last couple interviews I've done, a couple months, a lot of people are like you just got to get it out on the paper. And I was like, I can't do that. That's not how that's <laughs> that's not how my brain works at all. So yeah, it's 
it's you know write half a page and then immediately self-loathing and overthinking it exactly yeah taking forever to get back to it yeah that's 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 our writing process (laughs) (laughs) um I think uh, when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, Kenny was mentioning how uh, Richard Dreyfus is not, I don't want to say based on riffing with each other, but like it is a huge tool in your writing process. Oh yeah. Where, you know, an idea comes to the room and you, you guys just play with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's how I kind of was able to expand on my mistakes uh, script I mean, because so often, I mean, you can, you can, people have funny ideas, um, but I think riffing uh, has been really helpful in actually uh, writing the, uh, the sketches themselves. I think it's similar to kind of putting the sketch down and coming back to it. Um, I feel like that, in a way, is kind of riffing with your f- future self, if we're going to get uh pot heady about it because uh, <laughs> you need i don't know what it is about it but uh when you're in it when you're writing it uh you're it's hard to come up with something new and interesting to insert into the sketch so when you got your friends uh, they always i mean they they they're in a totally different place than you so they got a totally different perspective on it and riffing Thing is super helpful because it just brings all kinds of new ideas to the table um and if you if you're able to kind of put your head in a different place uh, uh by you know kind of putting the sketch down for a little bit and coming back that's a similar idea where you have a different perspective on what you were writing about and you're like oh maybe i can do this or maybe i can do that so that's like I think it's super helpful. That's been and it's it's a lot of fun too. It's fun to just riff off your friends. Are you uh, are you still doing any like acting outside of Richard Dreyfus? Like, are you pursuing any other theater opportunities? Not not so much recently. I'm planning on. Uh, I've mainly just been doing improv and sketch stuff i think i'm i'm back in school now i'm in grad school right now um so and i'm bad at time management uh (laughs) so i i was i was i don't think i'd have room for a play right now but i think pretty soon i'm I, i have this uh pseudo life plan where uh, I'll be done in December. I'll be graduating in December, and then I'll have pretty much the spring to kind of relax and find a job. Uh, during that time, I'm hoping to do a play or something like that because it's been a while, and I really do love, even though it's it's work, but very satisfying work. Um, yeah, completely different sense of work too, like generally, I feel. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, also, it's not. I won't be writing. I'll just kind of be learning a script. Uh, it's been a while since I've done that, uh, and it might not be funny, but there's something magical about if it goes well, a good uh, play or performing in a in a play with people that you like performing with. 
And are you still doing improv as well? Yeah, yeah. So I do a lot of improv at the Baltimore Improv Group. Big improv. Big improv. Mm-hmm. org. Uh, <laughs> that's their website. Uh, I'm on. I'm on one of their uh, house teams. Uh, okay. We're called Thick Mints, as opposed to Thin Mints. Uh, okay. We perform every couple of weeks, um, and that's that's been fun. And also, the big theater has uh, everyone's doing these like side projects, like improv this, improv that. Uh, like one one that I'm in is improv Shark Tank. So if you know, do you know the show show Shark Tank? Sure, yeah. Um, so it's let's so someone had the idea of an improvised Shark Tank show, and we did it a couple weeks ago. It went really well. We're going to do it again soon. Um, so that's fun. Another person, another group that I'm in is uh, improv D and D sort of D&D. Uh, it's basically uh, Dungeons & Dragons um, with some dice rolling, uh, but mostly kind of improvised fantasy world scene type things. Uh, and it's, that, that could be pretty fun, actually, because you can do... Did you play D&D as a, like, when you were younger? I didn't play classic. I played cl- like a classic, like character sheet D D once with my friends in college that was a lot of fun um i played like a lot of role rpgs like but they were like video games yeah. not not tabletop stuff um yeah I, I feel uh the difference between a sketch thing you know of, of actually of writing and preparing and improv of just practicing and like flexing the muscle and getting like good at improv and just coming to a show and being ready for to, to do it like they're vastly different experiences. Like, I mean, we're recording this, um, and it's uh, we're recording this before mm-hmm. uh, Richard Dreyfus is doing two shows uh, at Big and then at Charm City. Yeah, and I have to imagine that your preparation process for those two is vastly different than doing the improvised shark. It's very yeah, uh, that's definitely true. It's a very different kind of preparation. Because, yeah, like with improv, uh, the preparation just comes from practicing. So, you know, you, we I practice with my group every week. Um, and when I was in college, we practiced twice a week. Um, and we, we would practice for like a month or so. And then we'd have a show, which we wouldn't really need to do much for. Uh, but we kind of already put in the time. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, whereas as opposed to sketch, it's like the exact opposite where we like the week before the show, like, Oh crap, let's write sketches. Uh, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then we freak out. Uh, so, I mean, if you, if you look at the numbers, if, if for me improv, I put a lot more hours into, uh, practicing improv, um, but then when sh- when a show comes around, it's not as I, it's nice. It's not as stressful because I mean you've been, you've done you've done your homework. Uh, it's just a matter of just being ready to perform. Mm. Uh, and I I do I do kind of prefer that in terms of like stress management and time management. 
Uh, it's kind of nice, the improv uh, version. Uh, but yeah, no, it's different different takes on it. So now that you're like entrenched more in a comedy world with having you know a sketch group and doing improv and everything, mm-hmm. are you paying attention to like comedy or like are you are you watching anything specific? Are you uh, is there anything out there in the comedy world that you're really gelling with right now? Um, last thing I was watching, I was watching Big Mouth was pretty. I do the show on Netflix. Um, I've been enjoying that. That's been, that's been a good show. Uh, otherwise, and I've started watching SNL a little more, um, more to like study it. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and otherwise, I mean, I'm always, I'm always like watching a good stand up special. Um, have you ever tried stand up? That's the next thing I gotta do. I did. I did stand up once. I took like years ago. I took like a stand up class thing uh, at this mm-hmm. at the um, the comic strip in New York, and that that was that was pretty good. It went well. I haven't done it since, but I think that's something I. I don't know, the next hurdle for me is going to be stand up. You mentioned um, getting into Saturday Night Live and studying it now, which like is kind of mind-boggling to me because like, like you're you're another person that I've talked to recently that really didn't watch SNL as like a <laughs> as a kid, and that's just I, I don't understand that to, like at all. Like like Saturday Night Live was such a huge like thing when I discovered it when I first like had that ability of staying up late and watching it, and I've been minorly obsessed with it since. I was basically like 12 or 13 years old. Uh, but I ask everyone, do you have a favorite SNL cast member? Um, I don't, I haven't watched enough to, uh, well, and I, I'm including like, you know, after they leave the show, like if, you know, any particular movie stars or other actors that, um, have tickled your fancy sense. I've, I really like Kristen Wiig. Um, she's pretty great. Um, and I mean, I know like so many people have been on that show. Uh, I'm gonna go with Kristen Wiig. I like her a lot. Um, I mean, there are probably other people th- that I really enjoy, but there- there's a lot of people. Uh, I don't, I don't keep them in my head. Um, mm-hmm. Got it. So yeah, Kristen Wiig. Let's do Kristen Wiig. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you said studying, like. Is there a specific yeah. way that you're like you're watching the show? Like, are you just watching like the YouTube clips, like as they like you know release the sketches week to week, or? Um, no, I've just been kind of when it's I haven't had a lot of time recently to to watch uh, uh, stuff. I've just been busy with school, sure. uh, so I've been just watching. Um, I don't think I'm caught up, but just uh, the ones that have been out you know, recently, the ones that mm. come out. And I think, uh, I've like in the back of my head, I'm like, I want to like go through the like best sketches of SNL and just check those out. Uh, I got a lot of homework to do. Uh, yeah. There's 40 something years of yeah, history there. It's a lot. So, all right. With Richard Dreyfus, uh, more so than your improv ventures. Um, What's something that you've learned from doing comedy that you would pass on to someone that's you know brand new in the door? 
Mm, you mean for writing comedy or? Uh, I, I usually say whether it's the craft of comedy or even something that comedy has taught you about life in general. Hmm. That's a big one. Um, I'd say, uh, something that happens. So I mentioned earlier, uh, everyone kind of thinks of funny things a lot. Um, sometimes a funny idea will pop in your head or, uh, or, or whatever. Um, and I think a lot of, I, I haven't written enough to, to, I don't know. Okay. So, okay. So lots of things get popped into my head. Um, for me, I think for me, the creative process is a lot more of, uh, just recognizing these funny things that do happen either in my head or on the street, uh, or anywhere. Um, I think people do recognize them. They see them, they'll laugh. Uh, mm -hmm. but the key is when that happens, uh, kind of take a freeze frame, say, okay, that was funny. Why was it funny? And how can I expand on that? Uh, I think that applies to writing comedy and also for improv. Uh, so often a good improv scene will be one person is not trying to be funny, but they'll say something dumb or just do something silly that they weren't really thinking about. And the other person recognizing that and saying, whoa, that was weird. What are you doing? And then there's your funny thing, there's your joke, uh, and then you can just build a scene off of that. So I guess recognizing uh, when there's something funny, because um, people do have kind of an instinct for it, I think. But uh, it's really it's cultivating that instinct and uh, and really trying to recognize when you do recognize something funny. And you are in the final semester of, of grad school, yeah. like, uh, you know, looking for a real job within that world, I yeah. assume, in the spring. Um, why is comedy the way you spend your free time? Because it's fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, I like doing it with my friends. Uh, it's a good time. And performing is fun and uh, fulfilling. Uh it's fun and fulfilling, so why not? Yeah, there's worse ways to spend your. That's night. true. That is, I've, I mean, I've done the worst ways too. But <laughs> thanks, Morris. Thank you, Josh. You can see Morris and the rest of Richard Dreyfus as they perform at the Baltimore Improv Group on Thursday, January 31st at 8.30 p.m. And you can like the group on Facebook at facebook.com slash Richard Dreyfus Sketch. My first sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketchfest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, 
rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Iam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.